Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. All right. Uh, I don't have a specific text because I have so many scriptures this morning. And so we're just going to kind of jump in. But the first place we'll be going here in a minute, we're not going there yet, but we will shortly, is Jeremiah 23, 24. So if you've got a paper Bible you use, or if you use your, your phone, you can go ahead and kind of get there. Uh, let's pray before we start, and then we're just going to jump right in. Father, thank you again for today. Thank you for this word. I believe that you handed me your heart for today. And I need your help. Help me to yield to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, that you may speak through me and deliver the heart of the Father into our hearts. Transform our thinking today. Correct our view of you and bring our minds, our thoughts, our desires, our direction into agreement with who you are and with your will. Teach us. Teach us more of who you are. Help us to know you in your name. Amen. I want to minister a message today which we will simply call all that. Somebody say all that. I want to talk about, and we could say that last week was a, a lead off for this week. Now, if you didn't hear last week, it's not going to take away from this. But I want to expound more on some things that I started touching on last week. <clears throat> and I want to talk about some of the the nature of God, some of the characteristics of God, who God is. And please understand that while church should definitely include things that we go through in life and how we handle that, ultimately, as a whole, church should be about God. Come on, somebody. And I think that so many times we have cheapened this whole thing that it's all about us and how we can tap into some sort of a secret to get God in his power to serve us and to take care of everything we go through and everything we face and we we check in to figure out how to get God on board to get us through whatever thing we're going through. Now, God loves you. And God's presence and God's power does sustain us. God does help us out of his mercy, out of his love. God helps us through all kinds of things that we go through. But can I just say, and it ought to be so plain, that the Christian life is not about God serving us. It is about us serving him. We are image bearers. 
created in his likeness for his purpose in the earth. So today, I want to talk about God. And we're going to start with this. Uh, Y'all will just kind of, I made a whole bunch of slides. Don't get ahead of me on them. You'll know when. You'll, You'll feel it when I say it. God is omnipresent. God is omnipresent. Omni means all or every or multi. We, we use that term a lot of times when we're talking about microphones. This is not an omnidirectional mic. That's why I tilt it like this. I got to talk down into it. But if I had a choir mic or like these hanging mics that are right here, which maybe you never even noticed, these are a bit more omnidirectional. They have to pick up from different directions. And so omni is all or a variety or multi or every. We know what it means to be present. That's a, that's a location. That's somebody being somewhere. You are present here in this room this morning. Well, God is omnipresent, which literally means that God is everywhere at the same time. God is everywhere at the same time. There is nowhere that God is not. You know, we have our dear friends watching in India. And of course, it is uh, Pastor David. It is 10.51 a.m. here. I think it's what? About 8 or 8.30 in the evening. Maybe I'm wrong there. God is no more present here than he is with our family in India. God is no more present here than right now as he is at First Baptist behind us. God is in China. And God is on Neptune. And God is throughout Orion's belt. And God is everywhere, completely. He's completely present in every single place at every single time. There's nowhere that he isn't. God is omnipresent. In Jeremiah chapter 23, the Lord speaks this to the prophet Jeremiah. Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? Man, isn't that good? There are people trying to outrun God. There are people that try to hide. There are people that, you know, we think about, uh, I've been watching Rambo a lot lately. (laughs) Anybody else love Rambo? (laughs) If you don't, what's wrong with you, you know? So I've been watching Rambo a lot. And, uh, you can't just watch one, you know, you got you to keep watching. But anyway, you know, after it, it's about 
it's about those, the, the veterans that came home after Vietnam. And you know, when our veterans came home from that war, they were not celebrated. They were not welcomed. And you saw a lot more in years past, but even a little bit now, you would see those men had become wanderers. And without a home, everything they owned was carried on their back, and they would just go from place to place, never feeling at home, never feeling settled, never feeling wanted, never feeling like they belonged. So they kept moving. But no matter where you go, you can't get away from the feeling. You might know somebody now, and you see this a lot with, with addiction, with substance abuse, that people try to fix it by changing geographical locations. Now, I'm not saying there aren't situations sometimes, specific people maybe you do need to get away from, but can I tell you that problems are everywhere? And if you've got, a, if you've got trouble with drugs, you don't have to find drugs. They'll find you. And birds of a feather, it doesn't matter where you go. Problems exist everywhere, and people are people everywhere. You cannot run far enough to escape a feeling. You can't put enough miles between you and heartbreak. Because the problem is not in a place. But there are people that never stop moving. They never stop running. They never stop trying to get away from the situation. Can I tell you that part of that that's built into you is the drawing of God. And just like the problem is everywhere, the answer is everywhere. Because the answer is not in a place, the answer is in a person. He said, can a man hide himself in secret places that I cannot see him? And the answer is no. God says, I fill the heavens and the earth. God is omnipresent. Wherever you are today in your life, and wherever you are geographically, no matter where you are, some people think they've run too far. They think they've run away from God. Well, only in here. He is as close as the mention of his name. It doesn't matter if you're watching in a literal prison. It doesn't matter if you're watching on a bar stool. It doesn't matter if you're watching with a needle in your arm. It doesn't matter where you are or what the situation God is there, and we should say God is here. Somebody say God is here. He is omnipresent. And not only is he everywhere, but God is omniscient. God is omniscient. Omniscient. The word is science which literally means knowledge. The word science 
literally interpreted as simply knowledge, omni-knowledge. God has omni-knowledge, omni-information, omni-knowing. God is all-knowing, multi-knowing, varied-knowing, diverse-knowing, everything. God is omniscient. God has infinite awareness. You know, you and I can only think of one thing. This is a fact. We can only think of one thing at a time. You may think you have a whole lot of things on your mind. Well, they may, they may be back there rolling around, but you're only thinking about one thing at a time. That's how we're geared. Think about this. If we're going to think about something else, that takes the driver's seat. Now, like I say, there can be a lot of things floating around. You say a lot's on my mind, but you are thinking about one presently. You understand? You can't think about more than one thing at a time. You know, I can be very sad about something. What if, if I was out here on the sidewalk and I'm really, really sad about something in my life and I'm thinking about it, but all of a sudden a car comes screeching through the stop sign and crashes into something. For that moment, I'm not thinking about what I'm sad about. I become aware of something else. I am only consciously aware of one thing at a time. If somebody could actually think of two things simultaneously, that would be pretty impressive, wouldn't it? What if they could think of 10? What if you had the ability to think of 10 things at a time, to be aware of 10 things? It would be unheard of. It would be inhuman. It would be marvelous. It would be a superpower. You would have done the impossible. But God has infinite awareness. God not only holds all information that exists, not only does God have all knowledge of everything that is, but God is presently aware of every single piece of information and knowledge. God is currently thinking about you and me and every person everywhere and everything that's ever happened and everything that is happening and everything that will ever happen. God is currently thinking of every victory, of every success, of every failure, of every tragedy, of every situation. He is omniscient. We can't wrap our mind around that. That would involve thinking of more than one thing. We can't do it. But God can, and he is. He's not only omnipresent, but he is omniscient. Infinite awareness, infinite understanding. There is nothing you have going on that God does not have complete understanding in every regard of that situation, beginning through end. He has complete understanding of every angle, 
and every aspect of anything you can think of. He has infinite insight, infinite wisdom, possesses complete knowledge. He is omniscient. Psalm 147 and 5, the psalmist says this, Great is our majestic and mighty Lord, and abundant in strength, and here it is, his understanding is inexhaustible, infinite, and boundless. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing, all-knowing. Not only is God omnipresent, God is everywhere. Not only does God know all about it. I mean, this is pretty great already to be everywhere and to know all about it. But he can do something about it. God is omnipotent. He is omnipotent. Omni. Potent, omnipowerful, all power. All the power that exists, God owns all the power, all the strength, all of the might, all of it. God is all powerful. He is almighty. He has unlimited power. He has unlimited authority. It's, it's interesting because when you look up the definition of omnipotent, the definition is almighty, all power, unlimited power and authority, God. The definition of God is God. There wasn't another word to describe God that could do a better job than God. He is his own explanation. He is his own definition. Because there is not a word to describe God greater than the word God. He's unexplainable. He's unchangeable. He's unshakable. He's unstoppable. That's who he is. He is all that. That's who God is. Omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. Matthew 28 and 18. And Jesus came and he spoke to them, saying, All power is given unto me. In heaven and in earth. Jesus in human form here was granted by the Father all of the power that exists in all of the heavens and all of the earth. Every bit of strength and might and power that existed in all of the earth and all of the expanse of the sky, as far as you could ever go for trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of light years, 
and then you still haven't started. All power belongs to God. He is omnipotent. He is omnipotent. Now, not only is he present in every place, not only does he possess and is the source of every bit of information, knowledge, and wisdom that exists, not only does he have all strength, all ability, and all power, but God is also present in every time, past, present, and future. This is a great being we're talking about. He exists in all time. And rather, we should say that all time exists in him because he's greater than time. He supersedes time. It's not like he figured out how to be in every time. There is no time without him. Time exists in God. He is present in all of it. God has no beginning. God has no beginning. God does not have a starting place. As much as he is infinite to the future, he is infinite to the past. God was not made. He has no beginning and he has no end. He is the preeminent source. And he is the maintainer of all time itself. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient, he is omnipotent, and he is eternal. Eternal. Boy, he's really big, isn't he? Somebody tell your neighbor, he's really big. God is really big. Omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, and eternal. Eternal. Eternal means infinite duration. Infinite duration. We don't have that much duration, do we? It doesn't take much to get us to give up. We would, we would like to think that we are real soldiers, but it doesn't take much for us to give up. Duration, endurance. But God has infinite, infinite duration. You cannot throw anything at him that rattles him. You know, sometimes we push through stuff, but we don't push through with full strength. We are weakened. And we make it through. Listen, when God comes through the war, he's got as much strength as he did before the war. God doesn't get tired. God has everything in the heat of battle. 
that he had when there wasn't a battle and that he'll have after the battle. He is infinite in time and he is infinite in duration. Eternal. Eternal means infinite duration. Eternal means perpetual. It simply doesn't stop. It doesn't even slow down. Perpetual. It's just running. Endless. Timeless. Forever. And our God is infinite, perpetual, endless, timeless, and forever. The prophet Isaiah said, chapter 40, verse 28, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, There is no searching of his understanding. He's eternal. He's eternal. All that I have presented, which is really a very poor human attempt to scratch the surface of what and who God is, which cannot be done, To capture God, everything that I have presented so far, if he is not absolutely all that, he's not God. To be God requires to be omnipresent, omniscient omnipotent, and eternal. That's what makes God God and makes you not. If he's anything less, if he's anything less, then he cannot be the God above all gods. If he's anything less, he could be a king, but he can't be the king of kings. He could be a Lord, but he could not be the Lord of lords. If he's anything less, he's not the God above all gods, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But can I tell you, he is all that. Moses said, who shall I say sent me? He said, just say, I am. Because you can't say more than that. He's not just one of the many. He is the God over all. He's the great God. 1 Chronicles 16, 23. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And he is to be feared above all gods. 
For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. He is the great God. Allah is a worthless idol. All of the gods of Hinduism are worthless idols. Anything that can be worshipped other than God himself, it's worthless. God alone is God and to be feared and to be reverenced and to be worshipped and to be praised. He's the only wise God, Romans 16, 27. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. There's none beside him. There's none that are even close. Isaiah 45, 5 and 6. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Paul said this to Timothy in his letter, 1 Timothy 1.17, to the king of the ages, the immortal, the invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. That was my intro. And now we will preach. Are you ready? You think I'm kidding. God himself. I better get a drink of water. I know what's coming up. You don't. God himself existed. When nothing else existed. Nothing, 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 nothing. No thing. I don't know if anybody else ever did this or if I'm just weird. But I remember as a kid, there was a thought that sometimes kept me awake. And the thought was, what is nothing? Anybody? Wave to me. Anybody? We've got a handful. All right. So you're weird too, okay? And then I had, this, I had this other thought, even though my thought was incorrect, as we're seeing today. When did God come to be? Like what could be before God? You know, we're so wired that everything has to have a beginning. But what is nothing? If you will... Ask yourself the question, if you'll get by yourself and ask yourself the question, what is nothing? And really think that thing out. 
really hammer that thing out, what nothing is. I mean nothing at all. When we think nothing, we may just see endless dark space, vastness of space, but that's something. Where did that space come from? Something had to create that space. It's there. So that's not nothing. So for nothing, you'd have to get rid of the space. But then wouldn't it all be filled with something to get rid of the space? No, that's definitely. How could there be no space and no things? No space and nothing filling the space, and then infinitely nothing. Nothing. No thing. God himself existed when no thing existed. Nothing. Nothing but God. No planets and no place to put a planet anyway. There wasn't any space to put an earth, a star, a moon. There was nothing at all that existed, nothing. Only the triune God existed. Father God, Son God, Holy Spirit God. Only the triune God existed, intertwined, mashed up, meshed up, just existing, just being, and has always been, and has always been. There wasn't a time when he wasn't. As a matter of fact, there wasn't even a time. There was only God. There wasn't even a where. There were no what's. Not even a when. Only God. God. Then, he, God, all of his own accord because there was nobody else out there and not even an out there, he, God, decided. What did he decide? Here is God existing, and then he chose... To speak. Suddenly, out of nothing, out of all that was, which was only him, he spoke. He released a word out of himself from the nothingness. When I say that he spoke and said something, it's different than when others say something. 
Because quite literally, God does not say something. When he says, it's not something. It's someone. God doesn't say something. God says someone. I hope you're getting this. Back at what we can only call the beginning, the start of all that he has done, God opened his mouth and said someone. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was that word. The very beginning of creation was that word that he said. So we learn here that the first thing that ever happened is that God spoke. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So God said a word, but God's word is God. His word is him. And it says he was in the beginning with God. So God's word is a specific he, a someone. Someone who is with him, but someone who is him. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So this word that he said has always been with him, has always been him. All things were made through him. So this one who is with him, this one who is him, this one who is his word while being with him. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So this one, this word, this God made everything that exists. This is the one that made everything that is. This is the one who is God's word whenever God speaks. Do you get it? No, we don't. (laughs) That was a trick question. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So here's God existing in nothing. And when God opened his mouth and released this who, so when God opened his mouth and released this who, what did God release this who to do at the when, which we simply call the beginning? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do we have the second and third verse too? I told you to have it, but then I forgot to put it in here. The earth was without form and void, and 
Darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Think that. Verse 3. And God said, let there be. Stop there. We could talk about light, but then he goes on to say, let there be, let there be, let there be. And that's what we want to get a word. God hanging out in nothing, opens his mouth, releases a somebody, which is his words that he talks. And when he does, stuff happens. Stuff happens. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. What does it mean to create? To bring into existence. You know any creative people? We say we do. But if we were creative, that would mean we could make something out of... (laughs) So are we really creative? No, really, when we use the word creative... That just means we forgot who we saw do it first. He's very, very creative. We forget where we saw it. In the beginning, God created to bring into existence, to make something from no thing. Only someone can do that. God Spoke into the nothing and brought into existence everything that exists. He opens his mouth. And everything that is galaxies of stars and planets go racing forth from his mouth at the speed of light and have not yet stopped. The greatest telescopes that NASA can produce continue to see more and more and more as light continues to race out into the universe and reveal what has never been seen. God said that word thousands of years ago. He spoke and it still has not stopped. And he's in all of it. Omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, and eternal. By the way, that word that he spoke 
that word that he released, that word that created everything that exists, has been given a name. John 1.14, and that word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth, That word that he released in the middle of nothing all those thousands of years ago, we got to behold him, the word of God, which is with God and is God, is Jesus. It's him. That word that he released that made everything is living inside of me. Jesus. Leave him up there. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of Man. Jesus, the Seed of David. Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the Savior, Jesus the Redeemer, Jesus Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus God's own word, Jesus the Lamb slain, Jesus, the word of God. Throughout John, when John wrote the word, word, here is the word he used. When it says, in the beginning was the word, it says, in the beginning was the logos. It's a Greek word that we still use. When I opened my shop across the street, We had to create a logos. I needed to be able to encompass what my shop is. I needed to take the feeling that exists in the shop. I needed to be able to take what my shop is all about. I needed to be able to capture the atmosphere and the experience of the shop. I needed to somehow be able to hand that to people outside of the shop in a little package on a card or a Facebook post. So we created a Logos. We created a visible image in a package of what the customer had not seen yet on the inside of the real thing. And now I can hand somebody a card and they can look at the logo. Oh. 
this looks neat. It makes me feel like, you know, a hundred years ago. Oh, you got magic tricks and gifts and juggling and, oh, this is really cool. Where is the, oh, it says here, 323 West. Oh, we can, con- you got a Facebook page, we can get a hold of you. Oh, I want to keep, this is neat. This logo makes me want to get there. This logo, it's like a little, it's like a little foretaste. It's like a little deposit. It's like wetting my appetite. It makes me want to come and get inside. Man, this logo shows me what the thing that it came from is like. In the beginning was the logos. And this logos was with God. And this Logos is God. And this Logos became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father. God is his own business card. Jesus Christ is the Logos of God. He is the Word. Missed a good place to shout. Jesus, the Word. God sent his very image to the earth. He sent his very Word. God, the Creator, came to earth in the form of a human, Jesus Christ. The one that made the earth came and visited the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was hovering over the face of the waters. So, the triune God speaks. The Father speaks. And God the Son is released. And now God the Holy Spirit hovers on the face of the water, moving, carrying out, and executing all that the Word of God is doing. What is spoken by the Father, Jesus is doing by the working of the Holy Spirit. So, For limitless eternal past, nothing had existed. Only God is. Then at what we can only call the beginning, he speaks. And all of the heavens and the earth are here. So now here we live in the universe. You can watch the Discovery Channel and hear all their theories about the universe. Not very good theories. They're not putting a lot of the dots together, but you can hear them. You can watch the Discovery Channel. And they'll tell you all about the origins of the universe. But they need to find a new word to use. Because that word, of, that word universe tells on them. Universe. 
Uni means one. And we know what a verse is. It's a spoken word. The universe. The one spoken word. I better do it again. Universe. One word. The universe. When you get a chance, go and look out at all that exists. A couple of years ago, Rose and I and the kids went to Door County, Wisconsin. And I had never, some of you have been different places that have dark skies. I had never been anywhere that had dark skies. I've been around lighting pollution my whole life. But in Door County, there are dark skies, meaning that you are far enough away from big commercial lighting that the light is not drowning out the stars. I thought in my life I had seen stars. I hadn't. They took us out to a point even away from their city lights and told us to look up. And I saw things like I had never seen in my life. Before you die, find dark skies and go. It kind of reminded you of that. Go out and look at all that exists. Go look at the sun, moon, and stars. Look at all the galaxies. All that is just one Spoken word for our God. The whole universe is just universe for him. Oh, that? That old thing? We say, man, God, you created the universe? Yeah, that was just universe. That's just one spoken word. The real big deal is him. Hallelujah. He released his word, and Jesus did all that. Colossians 1.15. He, Jesus, is the exact living image, the essential manifestation of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible, the firstborn, the preeminent one, the sovereign and the originator of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created and exist through him, that is, by his activity and for him. And he himself existed and is before all things, and in him all things hold together together. 
He is the controlling, cohesive force of the universe. He is also the head, the life source and leader of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will occupy the first place. He will stand supreme and preeminent in everything. For it pleased the Father for all the fullness of deity, the sum total of his essence, all his perfection, powers, and attributes, to dwell permanently in him, the Son, and through the intervention of the Son to reconcile all things to himself, making peace with believers through the blood of his cross, through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Boom. I'm afraid that a lot of people don't know a lot about God. Churches used to teach people about God. But I believe that much of the time we've been looking more at us than we look at him. The more we look at us, the more problems we come up with to ask him to fix. But the more we look at him, the less the problems seem to matter. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Whenever we encounter something really awesome in life, whenever we find something new, we want to learn about it. We want to know everything we can. We start reading about it and Googling about it and talking to people about it. We start learning all of it. Do you suppose that this God, this self-existent, eternally present, all-knowing, completely powerful God is amazing enough to be worth your time to learn about? I think we've done a poor job at presenting him to the world. I think we have deified humanity and humanized God. I think we've cheapened him to try to make him meet what humans think they want. I think we've given people a lot of really terrible reasons as to why they should consider giving him a try. How about he is God? And for whatever reason, this great God chose to make us. And now, in awestruck wonder, we fall at his feet in reverence and in worship and hand him our life in thanks for giving us life in this marvel called creation. 
while the world shakes their fists in his face, trying to challenge him and believing that they are all that, he really is all that. And yet, in unfathomable mercy, he continually contends with us and draws us in with his love. Because he is so great, we better be thankful that he's good. What are the chances that this star breather is also nice? I mean, logically, it kind of doesn't seem like he would be, you know? If I could do what he did, I would have already wiped us out. There would be no contending. I would go back to being God who is all by myself. But he loves us. And he even likes us. He pursues us. Listen, God doesn't just feel okay about you. He loves you. This God loves you. Because he's great, we better be thankful he's good. Romans 2 and 4. Do you have no regard for the wealth of his kindness? Do you have no regard for the wealth of his tolerance? Do you not regard the wealth of his patience in withholding wrath? Are you actually unaware and ignorant of the fact that God's kindness leads you to repentance? That is, to change your inner self, your old way of thinking, and seek his purpose for your life? Paul says, what's your damage? Are you dumb? He says, are you seriously unaware that the fact you're still here is proof that he loves you? And that he's being kind and drawing you? Do you not even have regard for the wealth of that kind of kindness, tolerance, and patience? Amazing. He loves you. Yesterday or Friday, I can't remember which one. In the mornings, I sit down in my chair, if I can get the dog to move over far enough for my butt to fit there, I sit down in my chair with a notebook next to me, and 
I, I write down at the top of that page, here's what's on my mind right now. And it could be anything. I'm not trying to force anything. I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about. For years, I fought my own thoughts. That didn't work out real well. I'm thinking it. So I write down, this is what's on my mind right now. It may be a situation taking place. It might be something at the shop. It may be somebody that I'm, that I'm burdened for. Uh, a, few, a few days ago, there were a couple of people, both of them in this room, um, that were really on my heart to pray for. And I said, this morning, I'm just kind of praying specifically for, I said, these two people. I just write down my thoughts. And I just kind of sit there and breathe. And then I, I welcome God to please fill every part of this day and to direct my thoughts. And then I write down what chapters are in the uh, Bible. You know, we're reading the Bible through in a year together, many of us. By the way, those of you that are doing the Bible through in a year, God gave me this message before I knew that we were getting ready to read John chapter 1. I did not know. I mean, I knew we were coming up on the finish of Mark, you know. Well, then we would have jumped into Luke. We went right from Mark into John, right? Yeah, that's why I didn't know. I just figured it out. I had no idea that they were getting ready to drop John on us. So God gives me this message, and I get it all down, and then I open the app the next day, and it's John 1. And I sit there in my chair, and I, I grab Stanley, and I'm like, Stanley, you cannot make this up. He's talking to us. And Stanley's like, <laughs> his tail going the whole time. What am I talking about? Oh, so I write down the, you know, these are the chapters we're going to read. And then I, and I like to turn it on to listen to it while I read it. I push the play. I like to hear them, and I also read it. I tried reading it without the voice, and I tried the voice without the reading it. For me, I got a lot more to read it and hear them read it, too, which you know you're supposed to read the Bible out loud. But anyway, it's for no time. Then when I get done with the reading, uh, and I'll, I'll pause that thing a hundred times. Slow down, folks, in your Bible reading. You're not trying to just check off that you did the one for the day. You're trying to spend time with Jesus. So stop. In your Bible reading, stop. When I thought you think, huh, what about that? Stop. Think about that. Think about it. Write stuff down. Pray. Ask God about it. Ask whoever else is in the room about it. Sit, sit and talk. So it was either yesterday or the day before. I had this thought that I wrote down. At the beginning of all creation, the Father God spoke, the Son of God was released, and God the Holy Spirit hovered over the water. And I wrote, isn't it interesting 
that when Jesus on the earth is at the beginning of his ministry, his starting place of the new creation, at his baptism. And at his baptism, the Father speaks, the Son of God Jesus is released into ministry, and the Holy Spirit comes down over that water. Isn't that amazing? And then, I'm reading John 6, 44. Jesus says, no one can come to me except the Father draws him. So in the beginning of creation, the Father speaks, the Son released, the Holy Spirit come down with the water. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the Father speaks, the Son is released, the Holy Spirit comes down on the water. But at your new birth, the Father speaks to you, the Son is released into you, and the Holy Spirit pours out living water. It's this cycle. It's this pattern. The same thing that God did with nothing. Before there was anything. And now he wants to do that in you. The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses, but Christ came for us. You had nothing, and the Father speaks to draw you. You place faith in Christ is released. And then he says, whosoever believes on me out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. God wants to do in you the same thing he did in the universe. He wants to speak into your nothing. And change everything. Would you give him a hand clap? Singers, musicians, would you come? He's God. Doesn't that God deserve to be Lord over your life? We like the part where he's Savior, but we're not real crazy about the part where he's Lord. But we don't just accept him as Savior. We accept him as Lord and Savior. Because the one who did humble himself and came down, why? In the form of a human being and lived among us and performed miracles to prove that he was this one and then dies in our place, the creator of the universe? 
You know, it's a pretty big deal that Jesus died for us on the cross. But years ago, I realized something. And it, it may have hit me even harder about the death of Jesus on the cross. God did not previously exist in human form. Now, he had been to the earth. He had visited the earth. That's for another day. But God did not perpetually exist in human form. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit sitting in nothing thousands of years ago did not look like us. You know, the Bible says one day we are going to see him and we're going to see the nail prints. Do you realize what that means? That means that not only did he give his life as a human on the cross, he eternally gave up his previous form. He is eternally now the God-man. He is, when we see him, he'll look like us. The God of creation came to the earth, not only died in human form, but now remains the Son of Man. He became like us forever in order to have us. How could we not give him us? How could we not bend his knee to our lordship, to his lordship? How, after hearing this message, how can we move forward with a prayer life that is all about asking him to do stuff? to fill our checklist. Now, I'm not telling you not to invite him into those areas. He told us to. I'm not saying not to bring all before him. But I think a lot of times we have gotten it backwards and we have tried to make God some kind of glorified bellhop that just waits on us. And we have him bring us the rolling cart. and We have him tote our luggage. And then we may tip him by showing up on Sunday. He's God. He existed without being made. And then he made everything. And that's who we've picked to turn into a supernatural servant? We got it all messed up. If God never answers a single prayer, he is worthy of worship and worthy of praise. If he never does a single thing, he is God. And yet, he does get involved. <laughs> Would you stand with me this morning? He's all that.
We owe him our breath. We owe him our ability to think. We owe him corporate worship with the body. We owe to him to make him Lord. We owe him for him to come first. He's God. He's God. I wonder if there's anybody here today that might say, I don't know if I have ever put faith in him as that. There's been a lot of people through the years repeat a prayer real quick because they were scared of a place called hell. Oh, I just repeat this prayer after you and then I don't go to the bad place? Sure, sign me up. I'll pray the prayer. I'm afraid that there are a lot of people that have been deceived that have not actually been born again. if there's anyone here today that says oh he's God and that God loved me so much that he came in human form and died for me and got up again this is a precious moment right now because that last verse we read said that no one can even come to Jesus unless the father is speaking to them that means you don't get saved when you want to That means you don't get to decide. That means that God chooses a moment or a season where he is dealing with your heart, illuminating to you who he is and who we are. And he is birthing faith that you're able to believe that the Son of God came, lived, died, and lives again. I wonder if there's anybody here that says, Pastor DJ, I have never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. But today I want to say yes. I want to be born again. I want to be forgiven. I want to be saved. I want to be redeemed. I want to give my life to him. I want to hand my life over to his lordship and live for him. If there would be one person here that wants to do that, if that's on your mind and heart right now, this is a holy moment and we are not promised to get it again. Would you step out from where you are? Would you come and stand with me and allow me the honor of leading you in a prayer as you place faith from your heart in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Would you come right now? Would there be one? If you're watching and you say, I wish I was in that room right now, I believe God's dealing with my heart. I want to be saved. I want to respond to God's invitation. I want to give him myself. I want to receive his forgiveness. Friend, it's not about being in this room. It's not about this church. It's not about any particular church. 
It's about his church and his family, and it's about what he did. So right there where you are, call out to him. In your own words, express to him that you realize your need for forgiveness. And express to him that you believe Jesus, his son, came and died for you and got up from the dead. And then you ask him what you need to ask him. And you tell him in your words what you are asking for and what you want to do. And he will honor that. And you will be born again. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.